and gentlemen, welcome to episode 38 of Boys in the Barrio. Um, I would like to appreciate everybody who took the time to listen to our last episode. Thank you. We really appreciate it. Um, actually have Jamal right here in the house. Hey, Thank you. what's going on, y'all? This nah, is a nice Wednesday. Uh, we usually record on Sundays, but we're doing this Wednesday because we have one of the most special guests I think I've won it on the podcast and not to say i've never wanted everybody else on the podcast but this is the one remember when we first started the podcast i told you this is a guy that i i really look up to and i really wanted to do something with and i really wanted to have him on the podcast yeah absolutely so it's it means a lot more than just having them on the podcast it means actually you know learning and getting to poke the brain of somebody who's actually been there and done something so uh i would like to thank you moy we have moy in the building from uh break free and thank you for kicking it with us. Thank oh, you so man. much. Uh, no doubt, man. You know, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm in awe with what you guys are doing. I'm here to support what you guys are, are doing, man. I love this movement, and I love getting together, uh, just creating unity in the arts, and uh, just an honor to be here, man. So thank you, Thank you. you. Um, I know it takes out of your t- I, I know you're a busy man, so to me it means a lot for you to actually take the time to actually kick it with us. Um, um, and... First off, before we get deep into the conversation, I just wanted to say um, I admire what you're doing, and I wanted everybody to know that. I wanted to know, like, when when I was in high school, I was telling him um, that one of the main things, I always always had this thing of thinking a lot, right? Thinking while I'm in class, oh, I should do that when I get older. I should do this. I should do that. But I was telling him before we started recording that I always wanted to... express myself and do things artistically right Mm -hmm. but i remember growing up seeing my cousin break and stuff like that but then once i got to high school i found out about this dude Moy, which is him right but it was like this myth man like i never got like for example i would show up to the play and they're like oh moy was just here i was like dude really so i'm talking about this happened about four times bro and i'm like so the first time i actually got to see the guy was at when we went to uh eighth wonder Remember for the yeah. event, y'all were doing the, the 24-7 uh, side. Yeah. Yeah. So, and and then I tell him, hey, man, dude, I've been wanting to meet this guy for, like, ever, dude. <laughs> and I don't I don't think I, because then it would have been weird, right? Like, dude, I've been wanting to meet this guy for, like, ever. But I was, like, in a manly way, like, hey, bro. Straight up, man. I'll be, I'll <laughs> gotta like, dude, got to keep it real, man. <laughs> got to keep it real, like, <laughs> hey, bro. I've been trying to meet this, bro. I've been yeah. trying to meet this dude. And he's like, oh, for real? I was like, hey, okay, okay, cool. So the first day, I was like, cool, whatever, you know. I was like, man. But the next day, that's when I went up to you and Alex, um, aka Donkey Boy, and I was like, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna make this happen. You get what I'm saying? Because I, it, it meant something more than just um, a high and buy. It, it was more like connecting minds. Like I felt like you were doing something that I always envisioned myself doing. So I know I went on a rant right there, nah, but man, I really but, appreciate. Uh, you know, I, I, I truly appreciate those words, man. That, that means a lot. Um, you know, um, it, it, it's it's crazy to even hear you say that I was like a myth or whatever. But <laughs> yeah. you know what? At the end of the day, you know, um, anybody could be a myth, and, and everyone has a very busy lifestyle. Not just myself. Uh, just because I'm in in this whole entertainment industry as a performer, as a dancer, as an artist, as a business guy, what it it, it doesn't even matter. You know, um, every everyone's busy. Everyone's busy, and I don't ever want to be labeled as as anything but a human being. And I, I'm just, I just grind and I just hustle. And I'm here to support your hustle. And I'm here to, 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 to continue to do what I do and, and build with you guys. And like I said, man, I appreciate those words. But at the end of the day, we're, we're all humans. We're all the same people. I'm glad we finally got to meet, you know, like I, and, and because 
like you said, it was a connection of the minds. And to me, that's really, really important. You're never going to know where you're at with somebody or what relationship's going to build unless you go up to somebody. True. And what's one of the one of the most important things I heard as a kid is don't be afraid to go up to somebody ask questions. And that's right. Because yeah. yeah. the worst the worst thing someone's going to say is no, no. Get the hell out. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't nobody gonna punch you in and the face. And it's accepting right. rejection. You, know what you get what I mean? So, it goes back to like accepting rejection. I remember being like in elementary or middle school, everybody was like, hey, go up to that girl. You like her? You get what I'm saying? I'll send her a letter. <laughs> it, like, goes, nah, it, it goes stuff, back to know? that. But I used yeah. to be the dude that was like, hey, what's the worst that she's gonna say? You get what I mean? She's either yeah. gonna tell me no. She's, this is back in elementary, though. You get what I mean? So I guess I was getting rejected a oh, lot. I'm sorry, play, <laughs> play, you know what I'm saying? No, but I tell you, I was getting rejected a lot. That, that's not a player player. That was getting rejected. No, I'm talking about now. You said back in elementary, you know. Yeah. I didn't have a problem from there on out. E- even when you say the word myth, like I used to go to, 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 to breaking events or hip-hop events back in the day as a kid, places that I shouldn't even been in because I was probably about 11 or 12 years old at the time. And um, I would hear about another guy named Kubris, you know, another B-boy. And I'm and I never saw him. I never saw him. I'm like, damn, is this dude a myth? <laughs> like, so, so, like I said, it's, it's pretty normal to think that because you know you would just hear all these people, and then eventually, Kubris and I met, and he was just like amazed by me. I was amazed by him, and then we hit it off, and then we kind of like just started this crew together, started working together. So that's the beauty of just being able to meet somebody, making things happen. You know, it just becomes uh, this 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 unity. And, and, and uh, you surround yourself with the people that are passionate about the same things that you love, and you just make a way for things, you know? And uh, I think that's what's great about this moment, you know? Yeah, and I think, um, in a way, you kind of embody a lot what um, Billy wanted as far as the podcast and the people he wanted to reach out to as an example of saying, hey, here's a guy, local guy, who was able to turn something, you know, maybe turn nothing out of, um, turn something out of nothing. Right. And all of a sudden now you're doing, you know, a lot of things that honestly a lot of people would be like, man, I would have killed to be in that same position, you know, like you said. For like sure. We can always touch up on that as far as where you've been and everything. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's cool to see that, man. It is awesome. So maybe the myth way is just like, man, you just always been hearing about this boy. And then you see it, you see, you know, like I said, yeah. I've seen some of the videos. Well, you know, like it's, it's the amount of work someone puts in, man. I, I really believe anybody is capable of doing whatever they want. I mean, uh very cliche but if you believe it you can achieve it i mean that's straight up anything is possible for anyone but you got to put in the work you can't just expect for things to get handed to you and as a kid i set goals i had a vision i knew what i wanted and i got it done and till this day i am not satisfied i i I just want to continue to do more because when i do more it allows me to do more for people and i and my my parents have always taught me to to give back and to continue to build and create opportunities for others, not myself. It first starts with yourself, but you have to lead the way and set examples for other people. And so, uh, man, I just, God blessed me with a talent. I, I did not let it go to waste. I, I took advantage of it and I rolled with it. I studied it, researched it, babied it, fed it, and I'm still doing it. And so now I just want to continue to do more for people. Not you say that, you actually took one of the questions I had for later, but I'm gonna ask it. Um, you started at a young age, right? Yeah. Which is... I started the, around the age of 12, 13. I'm 32 now, about to be 33. So would you say it's the best decision you've ever made in your life? Um, I, I, I believe so. I mean, and, and the reason why I answer that is that is because that's all I know. You know, I don't know if there was going to be any other decisions, but I made an early decision in my life. And I think that um, it was the right one because at the, same, at, the, at the time when I started, 
I mean, I was hanging around with a lot of, like, just negative people. I mean, doing a lot of hood things, trying to get me involved with certain things I shouldn't be involved in. And so, like, dancing came at the, at the right time in my life. And that's why I said it's God sent for me. It's God sent. And I think it's on God's time, not Moy's time. Because it allowed me to uh, understand what was given to me right there and then. And so, it immediately, like, shifted everything. Where I was, like, taking guns to school when I was 11 years old to immediately, like, I'm a dancer now. I can't do that at all. It's not accepted. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, it's like... How does that happen, like, overnight? But it, it did. And so, um, but from then until now, I mean, there's been sacrifice. There's been, you know, uh, a loss of relationships. There's been a lot of energy, a lot of work, uh, a lot of financial struggles. There's been all kinds of things, you know, through that process. But, uh, again, you put in the work, and the only thing that you will see if you put in the work is success. And so that's, it's very simple. It's a very simple equation. You work, it's going to equal success. You stop working, you're not going to be successful. So that's just what I believe in. That's what I live by. And very basic principles, you know? Yeah. And how tough um, would you say it was to let go of a lot of those negative influences you were coming up with in it, order to, to shift to where you're at now? It's extremely tough, man, because, you know, you grew up with your boys and, and you know, you, you want to be there for them. You want to have their back all the time. You want to do the things they do. They want to do the things you do. And you just want to, you, you know, you grow up with that mindset of like, yo, dog, I got your back in anything. And so to give that up, you're either a sellout, some type of snitch, you know, a, a traitor, all this, all these other words, you know. But at the end of the day, if you're called to do something different, you just got to roll with it. Yeah. Because then you're going you're gonna to go back and be like, what if I did this? I never want to be in a position where it's like, what if, what if, what if? So I've done a lot of things in my life, even even throughout my entertainment career where um, I did it. And now I'm like, at least I did it. I may have not been successful at it, but at least I did it. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't never have that question where it says, what if? Yeah. You know, the only what if question that comes up right now is what if I didn't start dancing? You know what I'm saying? And, uh, but, you know, I do think about that and it was tough because, you know, I grew up very close to my friends and my family and my, 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 my circle of friends were brothers, were sisters, they were family, they weren't friends. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, when I started getting opportunities to, to travel around the world and do this and do that, um, I had to let go of a lot of that. Yeah. And, and that was very, very emotional. It was, it was, there were some emotional moments for me because I knew they couldn't come along with me. But then I had to kind of just take a step back and and just come to realization that, like, I just worked harder than them. And not to diss any of my friends, but that's that's what I want to do with everything. I want to work harder than you. Yeah. That's it. No, and it's crazy you say that because I have an aunt that says, um, because, uh, for example, a lot of us in the family, I think it's more, I'm not going to say it's just, I think it's just a, as a human being or probably in the Hispanic community or in any other community. It's like you grow up and you want to bring your family with you. Like it, it's a natural instinct for to, to just want to grab everybody and I want you to do everything sure. I'm doing, mm -hmm. doing. But one time one of my aunts told me like, no, don't be that way because at the end of the day we already lived our life. We passed that path already. Now you build that path. You yeah. get what I mean? No. And sure. that was one of the most like amazing words I could hear from such a close, you know, uh, bloodline. You know, yeah, like. Yeah. 
to hear that was like, okay, so you're okay. No matter what, at the end of the day, they're going to feel some type of way like, hey, I'm going somewhere. Or you give them, not to say that I have. Well, that, that's, that's but, you know, I don't, mean, I don't mean to cut you off, but like, that's what happens. Like, yo, if Jamal right now got offered like this position in Los Angeles on this amazing podcast, like you as a friend should be like, man, that is amazing. Correct. That is extremely amazing. Please keep in touch, bro. Wish you the best. But we come from a generation where it's like you don't almost don't want to see that. Like exactly. you don't want to see your boy go without you. You don't want you left behind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so that I've been through that. I've been through that. You know, even and when I've gotten sponsorships or stuff like that, people hit me up and be like, "Well, why didn't I get sponsored?" I'm mm-hmm. like, "Well, I don't know." Yeah. Well, if we're, if we're doing the same thing, then it's coming. Yeah. Just for some, it comes a lot faster. Yeah. But it's to the ones that are working harder. Yeah. You know, so um, you know, man, it's it, it's been a it's been a struggle. It's still a struggle. I'm not. I can't say things are perfect. Things are dandy. Um, but like I said earlier, people see the glory, but they don't know the story. Every single day, there you, I'm faced, and anybody is faced, just in general, with some type of situation in life, whether it's paying a bill, or fighting with your wife fighting with your significant other or trying to get some schoolwork done or trying to get this idea flowing. I mean, there's, there's always something or, or trying to get, trying to get to the store, but you don't have that much gas, you know, <laughs> so you're worried. I Yo. mean, it, I mean th- those, it could be as little as that to as something big as, you know, uh, my, you know, my mom is battling cancer or something like that. I mean, you mm. never know, you know, you never know what someone is dealing with. And at the end of the day, as long as you find the positive things in life, then you're going to have a tunnel vision. You're going to be focused on what you're trying to get. Yes, correct. But there, there's, you know, like everything's going to be a struggle, man. And your boy, your friend, your girlfriend, they got to understand it. They got to understand it and they got to support you and encourage you no matter where you're going. You know what I mean? And to me, I, I've surrounded myself with the right people to encourage me and motivate me to keep going. And I had to cut a lot of friends off. Yeah, I had to cut a lot of friends off, man. And um, if they call me right now and say they need me for something, I'm going to be right there. But just because I don't chill with you 24-7 doesn't mean I don't love you. It's just like, yo, I'm just trying to take care of business. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to get it done. Correct. And I can't get it done by just hanging out all the time. I don't want to hang out all the time. I want to work. I want to hustle. I want to grind. Yeah. I want to better myself spiritually, mentally, physically. You know, because I want to be able to create for my family and create opportunities for other people. True. I get that. Yeah. And when it comes to the physically, he actually does keep up with that. That's one of the things he... <laughs> oh, he, oh, yeah. I see, I see the workout. Uh, I know, man. I'm like... Making me feel all bad about myself and stuff. Yeah. Like, man, Dude, look, I just, I'll be one of them haters, too. Like, look at this man working out. Who do you look, think he is? I just started waking up doing this thing where I wake up at 7, right? To go to go run. Okay, yeah. okay. Okay, so it's at 7, right? But you, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. It's a natural habit to go through social media. Well, tell me why this man is already awake, making me feel like, damn, I need to wake up at 3 o'clock to beat this man. Well, see, you know, I, like a few years ago, like I'll be honest with you guys, a few years ago, say four or five years ago, like I was like, my dancing was dead to me, man. Like I, I just wasn't like, uh, I wasn't motivated at all. Like I just didn't care about nothing. I, I, fe- I, I honestly like felt like I did it all. I'm good. You know, I accomplished a lot as a kid, so I did do a lot, but you should never feel that way. Never, you know? 
And so for a while, it was just re- things were just really dry for me, like just very dead. I didn't care about getting better. I didn't care about my lifestyle. I didn't care about it. Uh, but people still followed me, and people still were like inspired by what I've done in the past. Right. And so um, I had my son in in uh, in, in in 2012, and um, that changed my life. You know, that changed my life because um, actually. 2011, 2011, something like that. I'm thinking let's just hope you don't hear that when yeah. he's older. We're going to have to edit that. <laughs> Anyways, 2011, 2012, my kids were born, you know, and that changed that changed my life, you know. I'm trying to think about everything all at once. And so, like, I, I changed my life and because I started to think about, like, man, I have all these people that I'm supposedly inspiring across the world, but then I got this new life that I have to inspire every single day. Yeah, yeah. And so if he sees me do nothing then I'm going to be nothing to him. Correct. You know what I mean? I'm going to be nothing to yes. him. And so I, I, I wanted to better myself because I, I made excuses, man. I made excuses. I, I, I lived by excuse. I was like, well, I already did that. I don't need to do that again. I, I, I work, you know, from this time to this time. I don't, I don't have time for it. Mm. Or I don't, you know. So every day now I get up at 4 a.m. Every single day I get up at 4 a.m. Why? Why do I like to get up at 4 a.m.? Hell no, I don't like to get up at 4 a.m. <laughs> but I have to to make time to better myself. Got so you. it's not it's not the easiest thing to do. But if you need to do it and you want to do it and you know that you have to do it to inspire other people, then you got to do it. And with no excuse, you said you got up at 7 a.m. to work and then you see my clip and you're like, I'm already up. To me, that's some t- sense of inspiration. Like, oh, yeah, big time. Like, damn, like. I'm getting up to do this at seven, but he was already up, have a clip posted and ready to go. I ain't gonna sleep all night. So, you know what I mean? So, so for me, it's like, that became really important. It became really transparent for my life. And I'm just like, man, I can't do this. So, um, if I I gotta take my kids to school at 7 a.m., then I gotta have all my workouts or all my sessions done before that time so we can get home make them breakfast or do whatever and prepare them to get them to school with my wife got you mm-hmm. got and you. then by the time i get do that then it's time to run my business and after running my business it's family time and then on like this friday i leave to dc for an event so i get to knock out all these different things like throughout the week but you have to make the time you have to create the time Correct. The, the time is there I, but just don't sleep through it. Yeah, and I think you, you know just I mean? yeah, I think you just made a big point because I think we make time for everything else but except bettering ourselves. That's what I just realized. If you really want to make time to like work out, wake up earlier, bro. You got time. <laughs> you know what I'm hey, see, that's the thing I accept right now. I just don't feel like it, man. I ain't gonna lie. But my problem is, uh, I won't admit like I'm like, damn, I, you know, I just like it's so damn boring, man. How do you so, get yourself you know, to let me, be let me tell you something. When I first started, it was super boring. Now I'm addicted to it. But, again, if you find people to do it with you, yeah. things become easier. Yeah, that's true. If you're trying to find motivation within yourself, you're going to keep sleeping in. <laughs> you know, which I ain't hating. I wish I could sleep in, but I, 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 got, a, I got visions, you know, and I, I want to get things done. And I, and I, I, I got to live up to, to what I represent. Correct. You know, and so um, what you guys see online, that's real life. I don't just post something to, to just say, like, 
this is this is what I do, and then just get them likes nah, or, or yeah, followers. Yeah, 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 trying to front. I, I, you know, my life online is the same life you see offline. Yeah. And and to me, that's what I live by, and that's what I want to encourage everybody out there that's listening or you know is a part of this podcast. To, yo, what you promote, be it, yeah. because people. You know, you got to lead by example and people are going to follow that. You know Which, to be fair, I, I, you're not really a social media type of dude. You you do post every now and then. It's not like yeah, it's not like every 10 minutes yeah, or you know, every like hour. You know? and stuff like that. <laughs> like thinking yeah, about, you yeah. know, when someone's like, oh, man, you know, shout out to the truth. But there's like a picture of themselves or something like that. I'm just like, what the, you know, what does that have to do with anything? So um, I know you probably had that as a question, but I'm dying to know. Tell us how Break Free started. Yeah, man. So, um, you know, I had a vision for Break Free uh, since I was a kid, you know. Um, I grew up in an era where, like, finding a place to train or finding a pra- place to get down at without getting kicked out uh, was super tough. Did you ever go to the YA? Yeah, so I, I was one of the first B-Boys that helped start that whole thing at YA. Really? So I was, like, one of, like, four to six people that started, like, just going there for practice sessions back in, like, 1996, right here, you know, right here in Second Ward. Yep. And um, so... You know, around 15 years old or so, I just got this vision, man. I, I, I told myself that one day I would love to open up a facility where B-boys, B B-girls can come learn, come train, hang out, and be part of an environment that's, uh, that caters to our community, you know? Just didn't know when that was going to be. And so in 2011, um, I decided to kind of continue that what was started back in when I was 15 16 years old you know and that's probably like 1998 1999 and so 2011 you know years later I got the vision again to like it's time to do this yeah, yeah you yeah. know I literally had probably about like I don't know four or five thousand dollars like to my name not a lot you know it may sound a lot to people that's nothing when you start a business you know right. and so I didn't start it to, to, at first to make a business out of it. I started it because I just wanted a space so people can come and be a part of something dope and something fun, you yes. know, give them, the, give kids that outlet. And so for two years, you know, I funded Break Free. I started in August of t- 2011. And so for two years, it was just a facility where people just can come, train, practice, learn. We would do classes occasionally, but it was more of like just this free environment. Correct. Uh, and then I felt like people weren't taking advantage of it. So I'm, I'm, I'm paying rent at this and rent wasn't cheap, you know, and I'm paying rent, I'm paying for the lights, I'm paying for phone, internet, just so people know how to get, communicate with us and get in contact with us, I'm paying for all this. And I was just like, man, you know what, you know who wants it? Kids, kids want it, but we got to make it a program. We got to make it to, to where it's a structured program where kids can learn about real hip hop culture. And so we made, we, you know, we created a business out of it. And, and uh, the great thing about it is just that this business is actually uh, an outlet for kids because it allows them to create freely. We, we have a, a set curriculum or a structure, but kids are being themselves. We're not telling them to be a certain way. Correct, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the great thing about it. And that's why it's not an ordinary business, you know. Um, the business is there because we have overhead, we have instructors to pay, and so correct, you know, which, yeah. which people obviously understand. But yeah. at the end of the day, it still brings that same foundation out of what I wanted to start with, yeah. and is to have a space uh, for kids to have this uh, this freedom, this creative expression. 
And so, man, 2011, it started going strong now, five years, just relocated into downtown uh, and uh, just happy to, to just to see where it's going, man. We have about 75 students right now, you know, going on to 100 students and uh, they get to take classes and not just breaking, but MC and DJing and graffiti art. We're, we're the world world's first hip hop school that actually operates as a school in every single element with a full curriculum. Yeah. That's amazing. And then uh, you got that uh, new location, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. So as was mentioning, so we just moved right here to the Washington Avenue Arts District, right, uh, right, you know, right here in the heart of downtown, man, right outside, uh, you know, that whole Washington area. Yes. And so uh, it's a very, very dope area because the arts are just kind of just rising, and the energy there is it's just amazing because everyone is an artist. There, I mean, there's like sculptors, there's painters. There's dancers, there's yoga instructors, there's uh, people who do screen printing. I mean, it's it's all related into what we do. And, and for me, to be around that creative energy is just amazing because we were in Southeast Houston and we were in a business part where it was just like all industrial. And then I think they broke in one time, huh? Oh, uh, they broke in like two or three times. At the, new, at the new spot? No, 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 no. At his oh, old, 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 old spot. So, yeah. So, we're, we, we were in the hood. You know, yeah. we were in the hood, but, you know, that was – that's. That's where I felt like we needed to be at the time. Yeah, things are seasonal, man. Things are very seasonal, and um, you know we had a season where we needed to be in this area. Right now, we need to be in this area, and maybe two or three years, or maybe six months. I don't know. You know, I don't know when the other season is, but maybe we'll be somewhere else, or maybe we'll just open up like two or three more. I, I who knows? You know, but my goal is to eventually establish this concept of of an actual hip hop school all over the world because um, I really believe that hip hop culture, hip hop, the hip hop community is one of the biggest influences in the younger generation of today. I think recently even President Obama made a speech about it, of how hip hop culture is one of the most influential communities in the world. I mean, it's a multi-billion, hip hop is a multi-billion dollar industry. Absolutely. But everything, Hip hop is displaying on media is not correct. Hip hop, yes, it's not right. You it's know, not. and that's hip hop what... represents peace, love, unity, and having fun. And so I think hip uh, break free hip hop school does that. It promotes that. Not to not to diss any any other artists or nothing, but we need more of these artists to become more ambassadors for the culture, more leaders for the culture, and not just artists. And you know not, what I mean? not trying to exploit it per se, right? Exactly. Because you're right. I mean, you see it all over. You see it in sports. You see it in movies. You see it almost now in day-to-day life where people take words that were created and originated in hip-hop culture. Now they're putting it into like their normal, uh, the normal lexicon and their vocabulary, you know? So you're right. It's, it's a huge influence. And music in general is a huge influence, let alone, you know, hip-hop, period. Yeah, man. It, it, it's crazy. Like, you know, you go to Break Free and, I, you know, you see all these parents and they all got the lingo down. You know, yeah. it's it's trip tripped out. It's tripped out, you know, but you talk to them and sometimes I kinda hold my tongue because I don't want to say something too that's too hip hop. Yeah. But then <laughs> but then they're the ones being hip hop. I'm like, oh I gotta keep up with you now. So dog, it's everywhere and it, it's just it's just amazing. But the, the most important part about it is to make sure that it's expressed and promoted correctly. Correct. Because hip hop is based on those values. Uh, peace, love, unity and having fun. And if you if you if if you're a hip hop head, and you're representing anything but that, then to me you're not a hip hop head, you know. Mm-hmm. Because when hip hop started, it was because kids didn't have no other option. They created it because they couldn't afford ballet. 
they couldn't do this or their parents couldn't do that. So they started breaking in the streets. They started doing rhymes. They started doing graffiti. You know, they, they, they were finding an outlet to express themselves. Correct. So back then, there may have been some negativity tied to it, but they were doing it out of love and out of passion because that's all they had and that's all they could afford. Now that we're in a growing uh, uh, generation and it's becoming an industry, let's do it the right way. You know, let's teach kids not to tag on buildings, but to create a business out of it and make a screen printing business. Exactly. And, and do exactly. t-shirts and yes. do hats. Yes. You know, create Just po- because create you're good. podcasts with, your, with that MC voice you got yeah. or with those rhymes or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. do, do something special out of yeah. it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Excuse me. And not just because, for example, what you said about the tagging one gets me a lot. It's because, not just because the whatever it's illegal to tag and your art is being said it's illegal doesn't mean it won't be appreciated by somebody else you know what i mean so like you said go out there and make a shirt do something you get what i'm saying like it's still worth more and 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 to be quite honest with you sometimes even when someone does something illegal it becomes accepted in the city i mean i believe here in houston we have this huge thing called be someone oh yeah that's like they got painted over you know and then the city made a big deal about it because it got painted over. Yeah. And then he came back and redid it, and it's still there. Yep. Yeah. But it could have easily been painted over again by the city, right, or by someone else. But people are respecting it. Yes. Because it's displaying a message. And one of the, one things that I've heard, and actually I heard Crazy Legs from Rocksteady Crew, who's one of my inspirations when I first started. Who's oh, a man. big That's a legend right Yeah, there. he's a big hip-hop ambassador, you know. I heard him say that, you know, one of the most honest things – a writer or graffiti artist can do is bomb is get up somewhere and put a tag somewhere now do we want to teach that to kids no but that is the foundation that is the foundation of why graffiti started you know because that's what they wanted to do they wanted to express themselves so now if we could take that foundation and instill something different and be like yo put that on a shirt put that on a hat then we've kind of flipped that negative foundation and made it a positive same thing with breaking. The most honest thing a b-boy or a b-girl can do is battle somebody, right? Because it's an honest exchange with somebody. Even an MC. An MC is, you, you know, if you're doing a battle with somebody, you're going to exchange with them. Now, if you take it to a whole other level of beef and you want to start shooting somebody, that's, that's just the wrong way to go. No, but you express yourself. Hip-hop is expression, you know? And once you express yourself, then it's like, ah, like... It's a it's a relief. Yeah, you, took you let it, it off all you. out, yeah. and after that, dog, that was dope. Let's go have dinner now. Let's talk yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I'm saying? Like it should be that. It should be love, and um, you know, I I just want to make sure that like we as Break Free, not just myself as Moy, but like we as Break Free as a team, and any hip hop ambassador, leader in the city, or in the world, should step up and kind of just take these values, and 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 be those leaders. You yeah. know, because uh, it's important, man. I don't I don't. You know, I don't want my son to see something or my daughter to see something and they think it's supposed to be done like this and it's not. You know, e- even to this day, I get a lot of times where people ask me, you know, do you teach your son how to break? And I said, no. And they were like, why not? And I'm like, because he has to love it. He has yeah. to want He has yeah. to want to do That's it. Just, I, will never, I will never force it on my kid. Yeah, you can. But can't. I see him do it. I see him do it all the time. So I know he likes it. But I want him to be like that. Can you show me? Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. He, no, nothing should ever be forced. Nothing should ever be forced. Everything should be naturally, organically, and then once you feel it out, then you can kind of research yeah. about it and 
maybe force little things here and there because you're just trying to get better at it. Yes. You know. But once you figure out that love, that he loves it, I think you you could start throwing things in there like, now I'm just trying to get so you better for your love. That's what I'm saying. And so so yeah. now that you showed me that it's come naturally for yeah. you, okay, now let me do these exactly. things. Exactly. You're going to have to force yourself to learn these values. It's more like feeding more than anything else, right? Because now you're saying, hey, they're hungry for this knowledge. So, you know what? I can do what I can as a father to feed that, you know, to feed that hunger to them and see what they want to do with it. And at the end of the day, it's up to them what they want to do with that. You know, if they decide, hey, I want to keep going, cool. Because you're just there as an open outlet. Otherwise, if not, cool. Yeah. You know, find find what you love at the end. Because the last thing you want is to have your child kind of feel a little regret. Like, you know, yeah. regrets are a little bit of like kind of bitterness towards you because they're, they don't want, you know, you don't want to hear them saying like, well, you pushed me into this at the end. So, yeah. I mean, and, I, and, I did and that. going back on the examples and what I was trying to uh, say, too, is that like even people ask me, you know, why more how come you don't take your son to a lot of the b-boy events? And I'm just like, well, I don't take them all the time because there are certain things I still don't want him to see. You know, I, I there's sometimes where, where battles get too heated and they push each other. So I don't ever want him to think that his dad competes in battles and pushes people. Yeah. Because kids are sponges; they're gonna they're they're gonna soak up everything. That is, know? yeah. You know, and so any any little thing, dude, could impact son, them. This, this is how crazy. My son's five, and he negotiates with me. You know what I'm saying? Like he talks to me like a man, and and it's a whole different generation. These kids are learning so fast because of freaking iPads and all these tablets yeah. and stuff like that. They're they're watching all these clips, and so like. It's so easy for him to see something that's tangible that he can touch. Yeah. And then I'll be like, Dad, do you do that? I don't want him to do that yet. You know, so I slowly want to bring him into the scene when he starts to understand more about hip-hop or the community or the culture. Because, again, I don't want to force nothing on nobody just because I do it. I did it because just the way Lex told me, Crazy Legs told me, is I didn't have any other options. That was my only option. And it came to me at the right time, so that's why I did it. My son is going to have options. You know what I mean? You got you. Because I'm you, creating you. those options for him. And one of the biggest things to me was um, when you were talking about, I'm over here talking like I have kids, right? But y'all the both that are fathers. <laughs> but I don't know. It's like in my mind, I've already thought about these things. You know, like when if I'm over here talking like I'm going to have a boy first, bro. I don't even know what I'm going to have. But at the end of the day, whatever happens, You're happens, girl, you know? Bro. But <laughs> remember that I said that he's having a girl. You know, like, you said boy, a girl, right, boy? Yeah. For real? Yeah. Man, I've been. T- I'm Whoa. always right, bro. For real? Always right. I've been right too, though. So I don't know. I'm Moistradamus. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, man. Um. But that's one of the biggest things I've always told myself is I don't want to push on my kid when I have a kid. Is whatever I love, I don't want to push it up on him. You get what I mean? It's not. I think, like you said, once they love it, I could actually feed you what you love and make you better. Yeah. You know? You got you to gotta support them, man. You um, got to support them in, in, in all things that, they, that they're going to get themselves into, you know, and that's, that's important as a parent. Actually, one of the questions going back, all of this fed into uh, talking about break free. One of the questions I had for you about that was when you started all this, Okay, so you started Break Free. At first, you said it didn't start as for kids or it started just for anybody. No, it, w- it was for everybody. It was for everybody. I just didn't start it to, to make it a business. I, I started it to to create an environment for people okay. to go to. You okay, know? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so let me ask you. Once it became what it became and you were like, okay, now I need to reach the kids. Did you feel a pressure of having to um, meet a certain standard as a man? 
like I have because now kids are looking at, to you as an example. Oh yeah. For, oh like, yeah. Um, just to answer that uh, quickly is it's like what I said earlier. What I represent online is what I represent offline. What I represent at Break Free is what I represent outside of Break Free. It's very very simple for me. Like um, those the standards that I live by at home are the same standards I'm going to live by at Break Correct. Free. Correct. Okay. Nothing changes. I'm not going to play a role. You know, yeah. I, I don't want to play a role with parents. I don't want to play a role with kids. I, like I, I told you guys earlier um, that I had a private lesson right before I came here with one of my students. Her name's Ariana. And uh, I told her, you know, I said, look, I, I, I want you, I, I'm going to be hard as a teacher on you because I teach very hard, you know, but I want you to love it. I don't want you to hate it. And if you hate it, I don't want to teach you. You know, I want you to love it because part of, being successful is working hard and loving it and so you're gonna have to beat yourself up to get to where you want to go but first you got to set goals for yourself and you got to have vision so these are standards and 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 principles i live by yeah so if i live by them i want to share that with you correct i'm not saying do the things that i do every single thing that i do i'm just going to share my values with you it's up to you to apply them or not correct you know so um yeah man those standards, like, it's tough, but they, it's important to get across. And that's another thing. I just think um, <clears throat> going from um, man to man, we're all men here, so we're all going to speak into it. Or not, probably not, but at the end of the day, what you did, <laughs> like, what you're doing is setting an example for kids. And that's another thing. I don't care who you are, but that's admirable because to be to be able to tell yourself, like, I gotta meet the standard as a man to be these role models to these kids is not an easy thing. For example, me, I fear being a dad, and I've said that openly. I fear it with a passion. But then he told me last time, dude, you think I was ready to be a dad? I'm like, no, I wasn't. But at the end of the day, for you to put yourself in that position where you're like, I'm willing to be that example on the daily basis, not just one day. One day I, I could do it, I could pull it off. But on the every single day basis where it's like constantly you got to be that example for a younger generation is amazing. And that's why I think it's like I said, I think about a lot of things very deep in, not just from the outside. So doing what you're doing, man, is just admirable for the kids. You get what I mean? Like being able to grow up and say um, I had an instructor named Moy that taught me this or yeah. taught me that. Well, and you know, I appreciate that a lot. And one, one thing is, too, man, is, you know, uh, you never know. You know, as, as as adults, like I said earlier, is we can all be having a great day or a bad day. Some of us will show it. Some of us will not show yeah. it because we don't have a bottle of feelings differently, you know. But kids go through the exact same thing. Kids go through the exact same thing no matter whether they're 3 years old, 15 years old, 21 years old. They all go through the exact same thing. They all have feelings. They all have emotions. They all have bad days. They all have good days no matter what. And a lot of these kids... You don't know if they're from a single-parent home, for a two-parent home. You, you don't know. And so the best thing to do is for those moments, like you said, is you have to be, these role, you have to be this role model. And for me, is I don't want to play a ro- role as a role model. Yeah. I don't want to do I just want to be me. And, and that's the difference. That's the difference is that I may be a role model in people's eyes, but at the end of the day, it's just more. Yeah. That's, that's who I am at home, too. You know, I, I sit at home and I'm having these, these these motivational talks with my son who's five, whether I don't know if he understands it or not, but I think he does. Uh, I do the same thing with the kids that break free. I'm, I'm not, no, I, I don't favor 
persons, I'm in favor of people, you know. So I don't I don't select kids and I don't I don't do nothing like that because I think he's gonna be better or she's gonna be better. I'm willing to work with anybody, you know. Uh, I told my I told my student that earlier. I said I admire you. I said when you came up to, she came up to me. She's I don't know. She's maybe nine years old or so. She came up to me. She was like, "Moy, I want you to teach me." I said, "Done." I said because you know what, you you're like one of the two or three out of this entire student body that's come up to me and told me that. I admire that because I never had no like I've had other people from around the world teach me that. I mean, tell me that for me to teach them, but for you to come up to me, that means a lot to me. Because now I am this role model to you. Although I don't want to be a role model to you. I just want to be more to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just yeah. want to help you, you know? Yeah. And, but, you know, it's important. It's important just to, uh, like I said, lead by example and, and be the person that you are. Not the person that you're just trying to show to make yourself look good. And, that, and that's, that's I, I feel like a lot of people do that. Not to call out any, anybody, you know what I mean? But people do that, man. It, whether it's it, whether if it's on a working out or fitness level, they will go to the gym and they post themselves at the gym, just to say they were at the gym, but they don't do nothing. And walk right back out. Like, exactly. Right. exactly like, yeah, Put like, a little water on your self exactly. Hey, so, get in my soul. You know, people do that, you know. But um, you know, it's just important, man, to do it daily and to be an inspiration, role model, whatever you want to call it, to to these kids who may not have a mom, may not have a dad. But, you know, have that extra somebody there just just to be a friend. You know what I'm saying? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Actually, man, so far, I'm in love with this interview. <laughs> <laughs> nah, um, I thought you were going to say you're in love with me. Nah, <laughs> nah, 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 nah. I'm going to start getting up awkwardly like so. Well, no, nah, uh, it doesn't become awkward. It just becomes real, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I got to sit here in between right, like now, so. Now, now it became awkward. Back to what, uh, when you were young and stuff like that, one of the curious questions I always had was like, do you remember your first battle? Yeah, I do. Um, Did you win or lose? Walk us through what happened. Well, I, I think I smoked the guy. Nice. <laughs> nah, you know, um, man, I was just hungry. On, honestly, when I was, when I was a kid, um, I just looked to battle anybody because – I've always known if I wanted to get better, you had to challenge yourself. So without challenges, there was no change. I knew that concept. I knew that ideal. Like, I knew it. Yeah. So anybody that I saw that I felt like was better than me, I wanted to battle them. And, uh, again, going back to what Crazy Legs had told me, is like, that's the most honest thing you can do. And so it's like, he's right because that's all I would do. That's all I would do. I would just battle people. And so I remember my first battle, man, I don't know, I was like 12, 13 years old. I, it was at a, I think it was at a church bazaar or something like that, and I just saw this guy like doing handstands and trying to break, and I just went in there and just did everything that I could do, and then like his whole little team stood behind him. I didn't really, I was by myself, and then he like, he went out and did his thing, and his whole little clique was cheering him. And then I, I went out and did my thing, and I wasn't getting no props, but they knew I was just killing it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then it became like. Uh, this whole thing, like it's like all these people started coming, yeah. And then I just put it on them. And I remember that same day, that same day that they had a dance contest at the bazaar. I didn't even know, I was just going just try, try to snack on things and get food and yeah. just hang out, you know. And then they had a dance contest, and so like I entered it and then I ended up winning it, which even proved even more, right? So I won this contest, and so I'm like walking from like Days of Olive Park to my hood right here. I live by Mason Park, I grew up right here in this area. 
And then I, I'm, I'm walking with my trophy, and it's like 7 a.m. I'm like, damn, someone's going to jack me for my trophy. Because at the time, in the 90s, like, people were getting jumped all the time. Yeah. I got jacked when I used to go to Mason Park to go practice with my boombox. Some dudes pulled over, me and my brother pulled out a gun and a crowbar. They got us for a boombox. I mean, I'm walking with this trophy. I'm like, damn, this trophy's nice. Someone's going to jack this trophy Yo, for me. Can you reel on that? I got my Larry Johnson jersey stolen. Like, that. I was pissed. Yeah, I had my kid. 1994 NBA Finals uh, hat. Same thing. I got jumped for it or whatever. They tried to jump me for it. And Anyways, going back to the trophy. So I'm walking. It's like 7 p.m. I end up beating this guy. And then we ended this dance contest. I beat him again. I got this trophy. I'm walking home. And, at, and, and in my mind, I'm like, damn, I hope I don't get jumped. But I'm, like, hyped because I got this trophy and I'm going home <laughs> as a champ, right? And so this truck pulls up real slow, like it's like 7 o'clock at night or 8 p.m. I don't know. It's in the evening and it's dark. And it's right by – it's off of 75th or Mason Park. At, at this time in the 90s, oh, yeah. it's it tough. I can imagine. Yeah. So I'm like, damn, they're going to get me for my trophy. And so these dudes, I do not know who they are. They're like – Yo, you dance? And I'm like, yeah. You know, I don't know who they are. And I'm like, they're like, yeah, I see you got that trophy. You just won that? And I'm like, yeah. He was like, yeah, I think we saw you at the bazaar or whatever. And these dudes could be anybody, right? Yeah. And they're like, you want to go practice? I was like, yeah, sure, let's go. <laughs> so I just hopped in the truck. I didn't know who these dudes were. And then they took me to a practice spot. They were getting down to the garage. I was like, all right, shoot, the night just got better. But these dudes told me to hop in the truck. I'm 12, 13 years old. I was thinking about getting jumped. The moment they told me about dancing and going to practice, the whole jumping thing just, I was just oblivious to it. Got in the truck. They could have kidnapped me, raped exactly. me, jumped Wait, me, killed me. Forget that. I got some candy said dance. in here. You do? They said dance. Exactly. I got dance, this dance for you, man. Dance and practice was like candy to me. So I just jumped in, bro. They got me. I could have got raped, but I didn't. Yo, that, you a brave man. I'd be like, yeah, sure, hold on real quick. And I would have so my straight first, running. So my first, like, battle started with this whole story, like, going on to this. So, but uh, it's crazy. But, man, I've been in a lot of battles now. I mean, I'm still battling around the world and still doing things. Let me ask you. I've yeah. seen a lot on YouTube. Okay. A lot of them. It's, like, crazy. Sometimes it's, like, um, it's crazy. I don't. I don't really know how they're judged because I'm not that like. It, how are they judged? How are matches judged? Uh, it's tough, you know. Like, um, it's, uh, there's a lot of like politics involved in judging too. You know, just like in any other sport or any other dance or any other anything, mm -hmm. skateboarding, whatever. It could be very political. But if you're if you're a legit judge, I mean, you're looking for things like originality. You know how original your moves are. Um, Understanding the 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 tradition the traditional uh, steps or the foundation of the dance. So do you have the foundation? Uh, musicality. You can't just go out there and just start doing moves. You got to actually dance the beat. At the end of the day, breaking is a dance. Yeah. It's not a it's not a sport. It's not yeah. a trick. It's not it's not who does the best tricks. It's who dances on beat. So you got to be able to dance on beat, hit these moves, be original, execute. So you can't just do these crazy moves and fall on your back or on your head. You gotta execute it. You gotta clean it up. So it's the person that does all these different things that's gonna kind of just kind of edge it out. But usually battles are kind of judged round for round. So if you and I were battling, you would go, and I would go to try to top your round. And so judges gotta keep their eye on all these different variables to factor out a decision. You know, 
it's a very tough thing to do, you know, because uh, at the end of the day, if you got two really dope dancers, that that it's tough because it, then it boils down to preference or who made the slightest mistake. And sometimes the slightest mistakes, but, yeah. Sometimes the slightest mistakes are invisible to the audience, and so this guy who supposedly did nothing compared to the other guy wins to the guy who did these amazing moves but the guy lost with the amazing moves because he didn't execute he tripped you out because he did 40 head spins or all these spins on his hands or all these flares or whatever but at the end of the day he just didn't execute so the guy that came out and danced on beat and was clean he's gonna get the win you know what I mean so and so you'll see a lot of these battles online and you're like I don't understand why he won yeah no you know, well, one of the ones I, I mean like I say one of the the main one matches that I like to watch is like uh, you, um, Nasty Nate. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot who it is. Like I said, man, I just like to watch them. Like I said, but at the end of the day, is you like I don't know exactly how to judge them. Yeah, I just go by like um, you know what you're seeing or whatever you yeah. know. And, and but I, I watch them like three or four times, and then you start to notice like <coughs> there's a little trick. Yeah. Or maybe that's yeah. what the judge saw. You yeah, exactly. Right? So, that's, so that's what it boils down to. Um, I'm actually judging like pretty much every major event coming up in, from here up until January. So I'm judging like every major event coming up. And so I have a lot that's going to be on my plate because at the end of the day, I got to tell guys why they lost. You know, why did you choose him? And so I get put on the spot. So I got to make sure I do a good job. But the beauty about uh, for you is that you can enjoy it. You can be like, damn, that was dope. Yeah. It was close. Or I think this guy won. And then Jamal could be like, well, he didn't win. I think this guy won. It, but but I think that's the beauty of it. Like when you see it, like I seen one of yours where I was like, man, this is a badass battle, which is it leads actually to my next question. But yeah. um, I was like, damn, this is a badass battle. But I don't know nothing about breakdancing right now. Yeah. So I'm just like, this is a badass battle. Yeah, you're going on what you feel. Yeah. Like, hey, this yeah. looked dope to me. Yeah. So and, and to me, it's like, know, it's yeah. a winner. But I just wonder, like, what does the break world see it as? Yeah. You get what I mean? Like, oh, I, yeah, see, yeah. I see it as one thing as a fan. But what does the break world see oh, it as? Oh, man, they, they see it all kinds of ways. So you can watch one of my clips and, and whether, say I won a battle, there'll be like 100 comments saying I lost. You know what I mean? So people are going to judge it very differently. But the, the, the votes that matter for me are the ones judging. Yeah, of because course. Because those are, those are the professionals. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they know I, I'm giving them what they need to look at. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Everybody outside the world, yeah. is, is, is they want the crowd pleasers. They want the cool moves, the cool spins, and they want that. And I think that's what I, I, I was able kind of to, like, capture yeah. after watching so many videos is that... So far, I think you know how to like um, beat no your judges, and you're not there for the crowd. You're there oh, for no, the no, judges. No. Of course, yeah. you get what I'm saying. And yeah. I think that that's the difference right there in that in that field of like I said. I don't know the breaking world, I, I, but I think I would that's say seven seven out of ten times my style of dance doesn't wow the crowd all the time. Yeah, seven out of ten times my style of dance doesn't wow the crowd all the time. But I would say. Um, those seven out of ten times, I'm winning the battle. Yeah, you know what I mean, because I'm I'm more complete. 
uh, nowadays newer dancers are, are lacking that that to be complete and so to, you have to uh, know every element of breaking so you got to understand that you got to do power moves you got to do footwork you got to have your own style you got to be original you got to be dynamic you got to do all this you can't just be dynamic and win you can't just do footwork and win you got to have everything as a package because that's what makes you a complete b-boy or a complete b-girl now i'm going into that kind of like verbiage or terminology which a lot of people don't understand but at the end of the day that's what it boils down to so no and i've read things like that and i also read actually now that you brought it up is for a while you were ranked like one of the top right 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 in yeah. the world yeah how, how high were you ranked at one point in the, the world the <laughs> no i'm saying like number I mean, one I, like in the world period i i'm still considered like one of the damn the yeah, i just didn't want to say because i didn't want to be like nah, I <laughs> I, but, but, I like, but, but exactly. like man like i'm a fan of breaking like i'm I, i'm a fan and i'm not here to say i'm the best in the world because i'm not yeah you know everyone's best in their own everyone's the best in their own world you know what i mean correct yeah, yeah that's, of course. To, that's how i see it even the best lose first round. Yeah. Even the best get knocked out first round. So to me, it's not about that. I'm still to this day considered one of the heavy hit hitters, one of the best in the world. Even after so many years in the game, I'm st people still fear me when they battle. But I'm a fan of this, and I know who I got to be tough with and who I got to be like, damn, I got to give them everything to beat them. Yeah. You know, I'm one of the older ones. Yeah. So I'm battling kids who are between 16 or 21. I've been breaking 21 years, so I've been breaking as long as they've been alive. You know? Yeah, 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 you know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. And so their drive is like crazy right now, yeah. you know, in comparison to my drive. Even though I'm well-driven, but I have just a lot more on my plate to deal with. Where younger kids, they, they can put all their energy and focus on just that, which is awesome. But like I said, I'm a fan of it, and, um, you know, I lose battles all the time, too. I lose them all the time, too, but I also win them, too. So, um I, I just I, I just love battling. I love competing. And even though I could be considered one of the best in the world, there are plenty of dope B-boys out there. I'm not the only one that's on top right now. There's hundreds, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you often um, feel like you got, like, a target on your back. Do people just come up and approach you and be like, man, I want to battle you? Or not really oh, yeah, so much yeah. anymore? What's, what's going oh, on? Oh, man, I, I get I get that a lot. But uh, a lot of times in, in the raw world, like, say, like, what we call ciphers, Oh, yeah. if, if someone calls me out like in a circle at a place I'm going to have the edge over them every single time because I train like an athlete I don't just practice to get good so anybody that battles me they better get ready to battle me for a very long time I will make someone quit basically yeah. so I don't care how many dope moves you got I'm going to make you quit because you don't train like me now in a competition setting where we're only given two rounds or three rounds to throw each other you have the edge on me Right, because you can throw those massive, crazy rounds at yeah, me, yeah. Where I can't go twenty more rounds after you. Yeah, of course, because so you're I, not at that. At that, basically, you're not training for that type of uh, environment. Yeah, basically. yeah, it's it's a whole different environment. Yeah. So, um, for me, um, I love both, you know. But at the end of the day, I'm not, I, I'm not trying to train to be the best in the world, and I'm not trying to train to make people quit. Correct. All I'm, all I want to do is be healthy and be strong. Exactly. That's it. But for you, for, for where you're time. at right now, it gives you more to be that guy where it's like I could go more rounds right now. Than oh, you. for sure, exactly. And, so and, and people know that right exactly. Now. Yeah, yeah. Know that right now. basically your drive. That, I mean, that shows how much drive you still have. Yeah, saying, yeah. Hey, recently, I train for this. recently about three, three, four weeks ago, I was in Miami for an event, and I was there as a judge, and 
I had not I had not danced the whole night at the event. I mean, I was just judging people, kind of like walking around. It was a, a certain style of judging that we were doing before the competition actually started. Mm-hmm. So I hadn't, I hadn't danced. I had my phone, my wallet, my keys. I had my backpack on. I had my, my notepad and my pen. I'm walking around just checking out the ciphers. Some dude comes up to me, taps me on the shoulder. He hands his camera to his boy, and he was like, yo, much respect. And I already knew what he wanted to battle me. So he had been getting down. I wasn't even warmed up or nothing like that. I don't say no to nothing. You you could be outside on gravel. You call me out. You best be ready. <laughs> I'm going to get tore up. I'm going I'm to bleed. You know what I mean? Put my stuff down. We went like I was just getting warmed up. He was warming me up. Much respect to the guy, you know, that called me out, but like he stopped. And to me, it was like you didn't even give me a chance to battle yet. You know, you 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 were getting down like, I, and for me, like I respect it, but I can't fully like say I respect. You can't it give all that full respect, but at the same time, he like. It's that part where it's, it's like, cool, did you earn it? Was a, it was an honest exchange. Respect yeah, initiation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was an honest exchange. But right. I was like, I told him, I was like, bro, I was ready to go more. He was like, yeah, it's cool, man. It was all love and respect. It was more of like, yo, like, I respect you. I respect like mutual what, respect? Yeah, it was yeah, more of like, like one of those. You do it and you're like, one no, of those. man, thank But for you. me as a B-boy, when it comes to that stuff, it's your crowd. I got a lot you got, of pride, got you, Yeah, you got to you 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 come to it. You know what I'm saying? You got to be ready to go. If you're challenging one and like, so the whole weekend, the whole weekend, I kept thinking about that. I'm not even going to lie. I was like, damn, I should have went like 10 more rounds and just forced him to go. But then I was like, I, I have class too, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I respect it. And that I think that's what done. makes you, man, who you are, man. You have class, and it, it, it shows your uh, maturity in the game. You get what I'm saying? Like no, showing different that. B-boys, younger B-boys, how to do it. So, I don't know. We're like at an hour. I don't know where your time is at right now. So. Oh, it's all good. It's all good. Okay, so I have a question. I'm going to take you back right here because um, when I grew up, there was different crews doing different things. Right. Um, you were part of Havoc, right? Yes. Okay. And how did that come together? Because I want to get clarity in all of how that happened and what exactly is it that was. So uh, actually, like my first original crew was a crew called Lunatics, and uh, this was like '95, '96 or so. I was only with them for maybe six months to a year, and then Lunatics actually became a crew called Saitano, which is lunatic spelled backwards. And the reason why that happened is because at the time, you know, we were hitting up skating rings all the time. And so, like, Southeast Crips were big. Like, yeah. there was another gang called Southeast Lunatics. And so people were mistaking us for Southeast <laughs> Lunatics. And yeah. so people always want to throw down with the shooters or do something crazy. Yeah. So we're like, yo, we got to change our name. We got to do this. So we, t- we switched the name. And I was around... Those guys who were like older than me, they were like eighteen to twenty-one. At this age, I was, you're about about fifteen. I was thirteen. Thirteen. Okay. Thirteen, fourteen, maybe. And um, so I just I didn't have that that camaraderie with them. I didn't have this like this chemistry with them. I didn't. I, I just wasn't. It wasn't there. It was more of like me just wanting to be down with a crew. Right. You know. And then I was just like, yo, I gotta get out, guys. I, I can't be around this. And then I met a few guys from my hood, uh, people like Maya, Nat, Jesse, uh, Chewy, Ricky. These are guys that were in my hood, and then they were they 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 were breaking. And um, um, I just told him, I was like, hey, me. Actually, I got together with my boy Maya. I was like, hey man, you want to start a, a crew? And he's like, well, you have any ideas for a name? And I was like, man, let's call it Havoc. It means destruction. 
I mean, we just go everywhere and just cause destruction, you know, chaos or whatever, you know. Yeah. So, uh, that's how it became. And then we started that like in late 1996. And then slowly just started ripping, man. Just started representing a lot. And then people be, started to, to, to recognize us in the city because there was other crews that were older than us. And then they started recognizing us as like, yo, those are the kids from Havoc. Like, these kids are coming up. And so what Havoc wanted to do is we just wanted to battle everybody. We wanted, we wanted to prove that we were here. And we did that. And so we were winning everything. And then, like, at the same time, Coral, another crew called Coral, was on top of the game. But Coral was mostly recognized as um, was mostly recognized as, as a house and hip-hop crew. So they didn't have a lot of B-boys. So then B- Coral recruited some B-boys from the Second Ward area, which was another crew called VR, called Visual Rhythm, which is uh, B-boys like Little John, Jaime, Eric, a few other other guys, uh, guys from the Second Ward area. And so... Then we noticed that and we're like, dang, now Coral, who's considered one of the top dancing crews, freestyle crews, now has B-Boys, so now they're, now they're on top. Mm-hmm. So we're like, damn. So every now from now on, we're going to face them in the finals or, or or these dance contests. They weren't even like actual competitions. They were like judged by the crowd, you know? And so like we would face them. Sometimes Coral would win. Sometimes Havoc would win. Sometimes Coral would win. And then we got kind of like, yo, Let's do something together. Yeah, and then <laughs> yeah, we, we let's That's do something dope. together. So y'all battled out and eventually, like you know and what? And like, we went to an event called Freestyle Session in 1999 in Los Angeles, and that's the first time we joined this Havoc, Havoc and Coral, Havoc Coral, and the first crew that we battled were the uh, ranked number one in the world, and we beat them, and we made it all the way to the finals. We ended up getting second place, but we just took it by storm, man, and and that's when we put Texas on the map. In terms of breaking, because no one no no one knew that breaking existed in Texas. Yeah, yeah, correct. And so, uh, yeah, that's kind of like a brief story, but that's kind of how it happened. And that was in you said '99 when you went up to LA. Yeah, '99. So imagine that, man, because you're right. I mean, that wasn't something that at the time Texas scene, even in the hip hop scene, wasn't really uh, blowing up at that time. You know, I mean, hell, I'm in uh, El Paso, um, and I'm barely starting to hear about Houston music really not really catching on until around 2003 2002 and stuff you have bits and stuff here so that must have been pretty cool for you guys to be able to look back and say dang man like we made a statement not just for our hood but like our state right right yeah i mean it's 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 a big deal for us man it meant a lot for us but at the end of the day we were just represented we we weren't trying to say we did this for houston or we did it but you know when you think about it it's like yeah we did you know we did but we were just trying to represent. We weren't trying to be famous. We weren't trying to like. We just wanted to battle some people. Yeah. That's, that's all it is. And and we we done battled everybody here in the state. We done battled everybody in the city. Next thing you do is you go to that. You go to a different state and you battle people there and you go to a different state. So we would we tossed around from like L. A. Miami, New York, and then we won this tour called Out for Fame in 2000. And then from that, that took us overseas and was like. You, you guys are now number one in the U.S. So there was an event called Battle of the Year mm-hmm. in Germany. And at the time, I mean, still Battle of the Year is one of the biggest events in the world. Isn't it like they actually Red made Bull? a movie about it recently. It came out in theaters and stuff, Battle of the Year. And so we got invited to Battle of the Year 2001 to go represent the U.S. So in t- out, out of the entire world, we ended up getting third, which wasn't bad, you know. Of course. Because uh, uh, at the time, it was like, just a lot of heavy crew, heavy hit right. crews, you know. And we were just some kids from the hood just trying to make it out. And so 
Uh, we we're just representing, man. We weren't, we, like I said, we weren't trying to be champions in what we do. We just wanted to battle people. So that's all, all we wanted. So to of do. all the places you've been to, what was one of the places you went and you were just surprised how deep the culture of breaking and hip hop? Japan. Like? Japan has definitely been uh, my my favorite country and number one country of all, uh, just because the discipline is there, the um, the love for the culture and the community is there, and and the, it. It's been growing, you know. I've been traveling to Japan since 2000, 2001. I've been to Japan, like I've been to Tokyo about fifteen times already. Oh man, that's so. So uh, going, going back and forth. I mean, it's just been amazing, just seeing the growth of it. Uh, I mean, from kids to to adults, and I'm talking about adults that are like forties and fifty years old. <laughs> they're in the culture and in the scene, trying to learn about, the, trying to learn about it and get better at it. I mean, it's just amazing. It's inspiring. So you said Germany was the first time you've ever went out of the country? No, Japan was the first oh, time. Oh, Japan yeah. was the first one. So yeah. that has a special place in the It does, basically. it does. And that's why a lot of times when I get invited, I'm always like, if I'm free, I'm going to go every time, single time. Because it just it's just one of those places where, you know, you go and that energy just still exists. Yeah. You know, there's some countries that I go to that it just doesn't exist no more. You know, some, some die out, some kind of just get played out, but... Uh, Japan has that energy, man, and I just always want to be around that. So, besides Japan, is there another place you see is maybe like there's gonna be like a renaissance of sorts as far as like the culture? Ooh, being right now, it's it's hard to say, man, because right now breaking is so big that uh, in the least cities or countries that you think that would not have hip hop are like blown out with hip hop to to their extent. Yeah, you know, because a lot of these countries lack a lot of resources. Yeah, no doubt. You know. But um, hip hop is like just worldwide, man. And it, uh, we've been to like countries like Kazakhstan, Tajikistan, Afghanistan, Iraq. We, we've been to these countries teaching hip hop culture, and or, or or like Africa, like continents like Africa, different different places. And and you realize how deep the culture is. I mean, and then you realize like what we have. I mean, there's kids breaking barefooted, but going full out. You know, it almost brings tears to your eyes. And, and so it's hard to say, like, this country is coming up because right now everyone's hungry for it. So everyone is on the rise. Everyone's on the rise because it's just becoming so big. It's just it's almost becoming mainstream, you know, to, to even say that word, you know. Man, that's wild. And so um, and one other thing, too, man, especially with the traveling, what's the next place you'd like to go at that you've never been to? Oh, man. Um, the next place I would love to go probably be like indonesia indonesia or like bali something like that there's yeah. a, there's b-boys out there i've actually been invited to indonesia a few times but every time i got invited i was always doing something else i even got invited last year twice to a place called a reunion island which is an island off of madagascar oh man yeah so it's like like super like tropical or whatever and i wanted to go but like i was just hesitant because at the time this whole Ebola thing was like, <laughs> so if you traveled yeah. through Africa, oh, yeah, you were yeah. going to get quarantined. I was yeah. like, man, I don't want to go through that process, even I though it, it sounds dope. But um, there's a lot of places I want to go to. I've been to like 50 countries, you know, already, but like, uh, I, I'm, I'm still, uh, you know, like just humbled by every opportunity that I get. And, and uh, there's just too many places in this world that still got to be visited, you know? Yeah. How do you that. handle the plane travel, bro? Oh man, it's tough. I just um, went to Los Angeles right now, like a week ago, and I had the meanest attitude. I realized there was sinuses, Jamal. Uh, the okay. headaches I was getting was like my ears would pop. After that, I had a headache. 
it was like I was done. Yeah. Like I mean, you just get used to it. And I mean, um, when I travel overseas, one thing that I try to do is I try to stay up an entire day. So by the time I jump on my plane, I'm like 24. I'm up 24 hours, and so I just want to sleep. And so even though it, I could be uncomfortable, my body's tired. I'm 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 drained, and so I have no choice but to sleep. So that's what helps me on the overseas flights because I do that every single time. Um, and the, the other flights, I mean, I'm just kind of kind of used to them. You know, two three hour flights, it's just the usual. It's yeah, like, you know, it's like whatever, really. I yeah, mean, hell, you can be in Houston traveling across at one point. It might take two hours. So. <laughs> yeah, I gotta go to DC on Friday. I mean, I, honestly, like you know, it's it's a blessing to travel, but it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. I can you know? imagine. It's it, it, it's overwhelming, and so sometimes I don't want to. You know, but you, you can't say no no to a blessing, you know, and so um, just do just go for it, man. And as much as I fly, it's still nerve wracking for everyone. For everyone. <laughs> have, I don't like, care points? what you say. I just wanna do you have like points? <coughs> Are you like gathering oh, up? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. frequent flyer miles. Flight time off flight time. I got a pretty good status with like United Airlines, so like with United Airlines I have a status called like Premier Platinum. So it's like you know, you get bumped up to first class, and you get this, and so it's pretty dope. So flight on Moy. I try to save my points because I always do like a family trip, like yeah. you know, uh, with my, my kids and my, my wife, and so we just try to do that, like L- L.A., Las Vegas, like all the time in the summer, take them to like Legoland, Disneyland, all that stuff. So you still get nervous flying though, <clears throat> like you ever feel yeah, like man? man sometimes I, you you know because. Even recently, like my man was just saying, um, a couple of weeks ago for me, I had to go to a wedding, and then uh, I went, you know, so I went, I flew to South Carolina, then I flew over to LA, and I had to flew back over here, and it's crazy. I feel like as I've gotten older and my kids are growing up, my fear of flying has gone up for some reason. Not where I'm terrified, for sure, but just oh. the only part that scares me the most is going up and coming down, because you know you read so much about like that's when. That's when really, like, if a plane yeah. wants to hit or whatever, the so turbulence still yeah. troops me out. So I was yeah. just curious, like, is you that know, something that man, goes through your mind or you're numb to it now? It's, no, it's, it's normal to get nervous. I mean, um, I'm not, like, nervous, like, going to the airport or nothing like that or getting, you know, but it's like once you're on there, it's like anything can happen. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So it, it's yeah. pretty normal, man. I think for any human being, it's pretty normal to be nervous. Uh, I've, been, I've been through some cra- crazy flights where – you think that's it? Like I, I, I've flown that much. Yeah. Where the oxygen mask come down, where one of the engine kind of like fails. I mean, I've been through some crazy things where the TV screens come on on the plane and it tells you if it's gonna crash, you gotta do this. So I've been through some crazy oh, things where oh I think, okay, this is it, you know. Yeah. But you know, it, it's one of those things that you know, there's nothing you can do. You know, there's nothing you can do, and you know it's it's nerve wracking. And just like you, as I got older, I, I think I did I, get, I did get more nervous. Why? Yeah. Because you think about your kids. Yeah, you like you know, man, you think I'm about to see everything. my babies grow. You exactly, know exactly. Yeah. So you you think about all that, and it's normal, man. It's it's pretty normal, but I, I could leave right now and get hit by another car yep. or something. You know, True. And, uh, things things happen, man. You never know. It's funny because I I was recently telling my boys I, I heard this joke and. Uh, it wasn't a joke. It was actually a story. You guys know who the comedian D.L. Hughley is? Oh, no doubt. So D.L. Hughley says like he was like scared of flying or, or nervous of flying. And he said he was on a plane. And there was like lots of turbulence, right? And he's like nervous. He's sweating. And so there's an old lady sitting next to him. And just kind of taps him on the leg and says, you know, like, 
you know, what's wrong? He was like, well, you know, it's turbulence. Like, you know, I'm nervous or whatever. And he was like, well, uh, you know, it's okay, son. You know, you'll go when it's your time. And he was like, well, what if it's the pilot's time? Then we all, <laughs> then we all get to go. <laughs> then we all fuck. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah. that's one of those things, like, you think about that too. So like, damn. I remember one time I was flying overseas and I'm like, uh, and I got blessed. I was first class. I was flying first class. And uh, so I'm laying down and I see both pilots just kind of walk out the cockpit, like sipping coffee. And I'm like, halfway across him, like, no, you better go back in there and fly this plane. Yeah. You know, they just put it on autopilot, though. But still, like, come on, bro. Get you nervous when you see both of them come out. Yeah, like, yeah. Wait, control. One, two, hold you guys have control. Let's do a podcast metal, right now. <laughs> well, hey, we have a podcast. It's called Flying in the Air. We're just chilling. Right, for real. Well, we're just going to be in there just talking the whole time Shoot, outside the dude, cockpit. Like, no, you ain't lying, man, because I hit turbulence, too. There was a, a tropical storm, possible hurricane going on in South Carolina when I was coming in. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, y'all, I started, I was like, y'all, I got to pray for this pilot. Like, bro, just do your thing, man. Just get me down. <laughs> like, well, I, I, tell I was you, the most nervous last guy, year, man. Last year, I did a flight where I was flying through a snowstorm. And the only the, the whole thing I could think about was La Bamba. <laughs> so I'm like staring out the window looking at the <laughs> propeller. It was one of them little bitty planes with a propeller. propeller oh, and I'm man. like. I'm in awe by the snow. I'm like, oh, man, this is dope. But all I just kept thinking was, Richard. I was like, this is not going to be good. Like, I need to get this off my mind and spray for this pilot right now. Richard. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? It was just like, just too much. But, oh, man. man that's e- everything will cross your mind, man. Oh, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Thanks, guys. I got to fly. I know, all right. Hey, you know, that's what we do. So. But, you know, like you say, you don't let it cripple you. It's just funny because... Well, not fun. Well, it's funny when you land. But at the time when you're up there, you just sweating and stuff like, Lord, man, what's going on with this? LAX has to be the worst airport in the world. This man complained about I LAX hate LAX so LAX, much. Dude. LAX is terrible. I hate it's it. With a pa- Look, I swear. Look, as soon as I landed and I got out to, like, walk out, I had a headache. It was like, I, I can't do this no more. And I told him, like, dude, next time I come to L.A., which I'm line already because we scheduled a flight and it's cheaper there so i was like let's do it lax that's where i'm going but lax just oh my gosh it sucks so bad it's not even funny bro well you know it's crazy it's huge but it feels it's older and stuff too yes i I think that's what i think that's what kills it is that there's um the one in uh charlotte that airport was really nice man like i was surprised because i'm thinking oh charlotte probably won't be too big but it was like a good i mean it was huge but it was real nice. It was even to the point where I went to use a bath, and they actually had one of them dudes in there. Uh, they call it, like, I don't know if it's like a consiglia or whatever. And they're like, okay, hey, how yeah. you doing today, sir? And, yeah. You know, it opens the bathroom up and sprays it. You know, I was trying to handle, you know, some <laughs> some business that was in my yeah. gut. And, but I felt weird because he opens the stall up. He's like, sprays it down and wipes the toilet. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, thanks. I'm already feel kind of like weirdly uncomfortable. Like, yeah. I feel bad. And so then I'm scared. I was like, well, I got to go anyway. So I sat there. But then a dude right next to me just blows it up. He's just here like, and I'm like, you know what? I just got up like, hey, man, thank you for your time. I just did, man. Well, but that tripped me out. I've never seen that before, man. Um, but but before we end this thing, I just wanted to ask one more question. I always wanted to ask sure. people one more. Was, uh, who's the toughest B-boy you've ever come against on a battle? Oh, um, man, that's tough. Toughest B-boy. Me. I, I would answer me because, um, you know, not to sound arrogant or, or nothing like that, you know, um, anybody is beatable, you know, so no, 
any anybody is beatable and anybody that came in front of me I, you know i just had one goal my goal was to beat them mm-hmm. but the one that has screwed up the most has been me you know what i'm saying and so um if 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 i'm nervous about anybody it's myself and it's about um make sure that i perform well making sure that i'm trained up make sure that i execute my moves uh because i'm not worried about what they're gonna do i'm worried about what i'm gonna do correct so i somebody could throw the dopest best longest round at me but how do i respond so my toughest opponent has been myself and i think till this day still is you know because a lot of times people tell me you know what more you got nothing to prove you've been you've been in the scene for so long you've been battling you won this you won that you you've just done so much you don't need to do that but me on the other hand i'm very competitive like i love to compete i love i love the challenge you know and I don't mind losing. I, 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 I actually, like, I accept losses like nothing. Like, I just walk, like, I've learned from them, you know. And they don't hurt me at all. They just help me get better. And so, like, that, that has been the toughest thing. One of the toughest things is, is just kind of dealing with myself, you know, and, and making sure that I come correct. And so I would say the toughest, I've battled a lot of dope B-boys, man, a lot of B-boys. The best in the world. From this era from the last era, from when I first started, like I battled the best. I battled the best in ciphers and competitions anywhere. And um, I, I can't discredit anybody, but I, I, I just have to say myself because I, I, I only worry about me. You know, when that. it comes to do that, when it yeah. comes to battling people, I only worry about me. I'm not worried about them. And that's the way to see it, I think. Yeah. And he taught me that because honestly, like for example, when Pacquiao lost, <laughs> yeah. I'm a big boxing fan. Yeah. And when Pacquiao lost, I started like wanting to like get sad. And he's like, <laughs> dude, calm the calm down, dude. Like this dude is still getting his. You're good. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like. Um, well, you never you never want like a hero t- of yours to lose, you know. Of but. course, but at the end of the day, it was like. Um, he probably saw it as the exact same way you see it. Is get what I'm saying? Is loss, and we're gonna get better from no it. No one ever wants to lose. Of course not. But at not. the end of the day, it's his job. Yes. And going in, there's three things that can happen: you can win, lose, or draw. Right? Yeah. And and so he's prepared for those. Yeah. He he prepares. Mentally, yes. Yeah. Mentally, he's prepared. Once you're mentally prepared, I think you're good. And so that's what I'm saying. And so, but it's tough. To, to get that in your head because you always want to win. So when you, do, when you don't win, you know, you kind of get down on yourself and you do this and you do that. I used to do that a lot. But as you get older, you start start to see that it, that doesn't mean so much. It's representing. What Pacquiao does every time he steps in the ring, he represents. So even though he's gotten beat, how much good has he done to that loss? It outweighs it. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying. So that's that's how we have to do things. That's one thing that I had to learn that that even though I'm capable of losing it, and if I lose, I still got to be proud of myself for things that I've done and still being able to compete with 17 year olds, 18 year olds, whatever. You know, like still got to be proud of myself. So it's tough, man. It's tough, but I'm a fan of, of, of I'm a fan of boxing. I'm a fan of sports. I'm a fan of dancing, and so sometimes. You know, you're rooting for certain people, too, but they, they get knocked out. They get knocked yeah. out, and there's nothing you can do. But I think that's what makes everything so elegant and everything so perfect. You get what I'm saying? Is the, 
like he said earlier, everybody's still human. That's what makes everything so perfect. Cause at the end of the day, anybody could get knocked down off the throne and still be like, be able to have that throne, and that's what makes you it know, better. Is like in boxing, call it a puncher's chance, basically, right? I mean, like you said, it's just about accepting the possibilities, knowing it's a possibility as well. You yeah. Know? And then you know, if you lose, what do you do? You know what I'm saying? It's, a, it's showing about whether you bounce back up or whether you just let that eat you up inside. So. Um, no, that's a, that's a good um, that's a good perspective to have on it. Yeah, it's, it's it's important, man. You gotta you gotta um, you know deal with yourself. Deal with yourself. Don't blame it on anybody else. That's one thing that I tell the young b boys and the young b girls is is don't blame it on the judges. Don't blame it on the DJ. Don't blame it like or he didn't do this and he did that and he still won. No, think about what you didn't do. Think about what you did right. Think think about you. You know. Yeah. And then go from there. Don't blame it on nobody else. That's just making excuses. I used to do that. I yeah. used to do that as a kid. I think everybody does at one point. You oh, know? Of course. I think I've been <clears throat> guilty of that, doing that. Oh, yeah, we all have. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so. Um, to end this, I just wanted to ask, like, what's next for B-Boy Moy and what you got working on in the case? I want to uh, be like, that was going to be the first question I wanted to ask. But <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, oh, man, there's a, you know, there's a lot of things that I got uh, happening right now, but, uh, you know, focus is is just to continue to to build break free and what break free is doing for for the hip-hop community here in uh, houston the youth community here in houston um also got some uh, you know i got a i got a endorsement deal for monster energy so um we got a lot of things in, in the works with monster and hopefully that we'll be able to provide more opportunities for other b-boys and b-girls because this is all new like at one point b-boys and b-girls weren't weren't getting endorsement deals mm-hmm so uh, I've helped build that program at Monster, and so now um, I'm kind of have I kind of have my hand on that, and we want to help other b boys kind of get sponsored and do that. So I'm building some programs with them that's going to really help out and benefit the b boy community, um, and also just be a better husband, be a better father, and uh, just con- just continue to to be uh, an inspiration for other people, whether it's through training, dancing, or whatever it is that I do. What's up, man? I like that. I respect that. One more question. I, 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 I just keep adding. Other ones keep popping up. Four hours later, There's one a competition, question. right? Like something about Red Bull, something like uh, a big Red Bull challenge. What is it? There's a, there's a big uh, com- competition called BC1. Okay. Yeah. Have you ever been a part of that one? I've been a part of that, Okay, yes. I think that's what I, yeah. it, 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 You were, right? Like yeah. uh, something? Okay, yeah. cool, 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 cool. I told you I watched a lot of YouTube videos. <laughs> I, you know, I know you do, man. I know. Yeah, up, yeah, yeah. So. Um, but no, nah, man, I really appreciate you. Thank you for kicking with us. Um, thank you so much. It's been a blessing for having you on the podcast. Like I said in the beginning, um, yeah. I've learned a lot from you. And actually, to be able to poke your brain has been on another level for me. So that's all I have. No, absolutely, more. I mean, you know, we, we appreciate you, you know, taking time out and, you know, kicking it with us here, man. So like I said, I knew my boy was excited over here because – you know, he's dropped your name, you know, a good, good while ago, man. A little, I guess maybe even before this podcast or the beginning of the podcast. Yeah. Well, so, not, you know, I, I appreciate you guys, man, and, and what you guys are doing for, for not myself, but for everybody, you know, anybody that you guys bring on board. I wish nothing but success for you guys, and I hope you continue to grow, and I hope you guys get more support because I think what you guys are doing amazing. You create a voice for a lot of people and even for yourselves, and so it's an honor. I'm humbled to be here. Thank you for the opportunity, and hopefully this is not the last time. 
Yeah, man. Oh, it won't be because, yeah. dude, you know how to talk, man. Like, I thought it was going to be like, you get what I'm saying? Like, kind of stiff? Yeah, like, okay, but yeah, nah, yeah. he's very open to conversation. So yeah. it, it, it makes it easy for us on the other side to, like, kick the conversation or keep it going. Yeah. Uh, one more question. <laughs> Another one. <laughs> Another one. Another one. God. Okay, so I know it's going to be hard, but, like, what's your favorite style of, like, well, first, do you have any favorite Houston, like, B-Boy? Like, um, the style. I'm not saying, like, that's that's who you, like, prefer. Because at the end of the day, B-Boy Moy has his favorite style of, like, breaking. what he likes. Yeah. 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 Who is somebody you would say is, like, you like? I, 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 don't, I don't have any specific people. And I'm, I'm really going to try to answer this without answering anybody from my crew. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. You know, my crew members, I believe, are... It's a crew. It's my crew, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, no doubt. Um, there's a crew here called Rad Crew. Uh, uh, specifically a kid named Jeffro who uh, is just really talented you know and I, I I think all of Rad Crew is very talented but there's something in Jeffro that I see that is just really special yeah and um, he's amazing at what he does and if I had to choose him to be a part of my team I would you know I mean the, the kid is amazing I tell, I tell him every single time and he's he's part of another good friend of mine who's actually my boy Jesse who's actually program director at Break Free, and, you know, that's his crew, his, yeah, yeah, his crew yeah, member, you yeah, know? Yeah. So, and I tell him all the time, man, Jeffro's is special, and he's hungry, he wants it, and he's just really talented at what he does. And you so, tell your boy, like, yo, you take care of him, him otherwise. You better, yeah, take care of him, or, come <laughs> or else, you know? Nah, so. man, nah, we're all in it nah, together, and so, yeah. yeah. Gotta give a shout-out to my boy Jeffro from Rap Group. That sounds cool, man. I, yeah. I appreciate that. Thank you for telling us that. Um... Thanks again. You have another question? I don't say I'm not gonna miss flight. I could I, I, I could come up with so many more, but at the end of the day, I, I I gotta respect time and I gotta respect everything else that goes with it. Yeah. So thank, yeah, thank you for like you said once again. Thank you for coming through, man. Yeah, man. You know we enjoyed it, of course. So um, yeah, so everybody listening, man, make sure to follow my boys, boys in the body of the podcast. Share it. Uh, follow them on all their social media platforms. And just get more information by, you know, visiting their website, boysinthebodio.com. Make it happen. They're doing great things for the community. Peace out. Peace. Appreciate it. Dude.